best League of Ireland podcast in the business. This is Off The Ball. You're on the Off The Ball League of Ireland podcast with Jamie Moore. I'm very happy to welcome former Wexford and Galway manager and regular here on Off The Ball, Shane Keegan, back to the podcast again. Shane, good afternoon. How are you? How are you doing, Jay? Great, thanks. Yourself? Not too bad now at all. So myself and Shane lost to discuss, including Jack Byrne, the Ireland Under-21 starring again, the EA Sports Cup final, the battle for Europe, relegation battles, new gaffers, and of course Shells and Drada in this win or bust first division title playoff game, really on Friday as well. Shane, we'll start with Jack Byrne. I was at the Aviva Stadium last night uh, covering the game for off the ball and he comes on the 68th minute, makes a goal with a corner, creates the pass for Enda Stevens for the second goal and uh, a good night at the office for his Ireland senior debut. Yeah, it certainly was, Jamie. I mean, his, his, his 30-minute cameos go, um, apart from sticking the ball in the back of the net himself, I don't think there's a whole lot more he could have done. He was probably he was probably unfortunate in that, obviously, his last game for Robbers was the, the game against Bowles, which, McCart- which Mick McCarthy was at. And probably, what, well, I'm sure he'd admit himself, it wasn't one of his better games. It wasn't a game in which he exerted much in, as much influence as he has done in, in a lot of other games. And I think had he had he had he had he had a stronger game that night, um, I think there's a good chance that he would have at least seen a, a start last night. But in terms of having to make do with just the 30 minutes, he, he really couldn't have done much more. If, he, if this hasn't propelled him up the rankings a bit, I don't know. I don't know what could. Yeah, and ask Mick McCarthy about Jack after the press conference after the match the other day and we heard the audio earlier on in the podcast as well and he basically said that he lit the game up and you know he mentioned about the assists and that sort of stuff but then he was going on about the level he's playing at again and, and you know I asked him you know is he a person who will be in the squads for the away games against Georgia and Switzerland and someone who, who maybe could come on with 20 minutes left if we needed a goal to create and he said yes that he would be someone who we'd consider for that role too and he was in the 23-person squad for the game against Switzerland but didn't actually make the bench because he has to leave one player out. But surely, given last night, yes, in a friendly, yes, against Bulgaria, yes, no pressure on it, but still, for Mick to be able to see in the flesh what Jack can do has to be a plus heading into those games next month for Jack. It, it has to be. It has to be. And, and, and the, the, the big thing here, Jamie, is he's, like his natural game is to do things that involves doing things that we, we don't have any other player who can do it. Like I know the comparison like you don't want to get overly carried away with the Wes comparisons, but it's impossible not to make Wes comparisons because the style of play is so similar. His he knows when to gravitate towards the ball and get involved in the build up play. He's, he's constantly getting on the ball. He's able to find those little pockets of space. And then the biggest thing, obviously, is when he gets a little bit of time in the ball, he lifts the head and he's he's just looking. He's scanning, scanning, scanning. He's looking for that that ball that'll hurt you all the time, rather than so much of of the other play that we see is is, is kind of side to side and can we go down the channels and that seems to be the only way I mean set pieces or, or, or delivery from, from open play from wide areas tends to be seems to be the only way that we, we ever ever look like scoring um, look I, I think if put it this way I, I think if you asked your number nine probably McGoldrick at the moment um, would he would he like to see Jack Burns sprung from the bench with 15-20 minutes left in a, in a game against any of the other teams in our group um, I, th- I think he'd probably say yeah because I think he's looking and saying right there's the one guy who can probably give me that that that, that slip ball kind of or, or play a little combination play with me to, to put me in, you know? Yeah, and speaking of players who were able to do that, Shane, we had a couple from the League of Ireland involved in the Ireland under-21s in that 3-1 win over Sweden. Zach Elbazetti started, Darryl Lee, he started at the back, Danny Mandrew as well, and Stephen Kenny, of course, in charge of the team too. 
and being at the Aviva Stadium last night and watching the clips on Twitter of the goals going in and Troy Parrott doing his thing and, and whatever, there's a real sense as well with the 21s of a massive League of Ireland influence on it now, which wasn't the case under Noel King, and it is now. And they've won three from three, they've played great football, and we're all excited to, to watch them and cheer them on. Yeah, look, there's, I mean, there's, there's so many good news stories coming out of the 21 squad at the moment. There really, really is. Um, look, it's a very, very strong crop of players. I think, I think those who, who've been following it for the last few years knew that it was going to be a very, very strong crop of players, but we've had strong crops of players in the past. I, I just think the timing is, is, is brilliant um, with Stephen landing into the role. Um, I do think it's a help to Stephen. Look, Stephen's a great manager. He'd get the best old players anyway. But I think it is also a help to him that, that players are pulling on a jersey knowing, right, I'm, I'm playing for my 21s manager who is about to become the senior manager. Um, so that, that kind of knocks his, his level of influence on the players up another few levels probably so it does. And look, it's been a brilliant week for them. They're, 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 they really, really have, have kind of delivered on, on the promise that they've got, probably over-delivered on the promise that they've got. And You've got a guy who, who who trusts his players to to do their thing and has given them a, a way of a shape and 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 a setup that, that allows them to do it. And they've been brilliant. They've been absolutely brilliant. And you know, you look at, at I'm not 100 percent sure when the next home game is, but you'd imagine there's going to be a fantastic crowd because uh, I, I can't ever remember a buzz around an underage side. Oh well, obviously the car sides, I suppose. But since then, this is the biggest buzz we've had around around an underage side in a long, long time. And there really does seem to be so many players with with a massive amount of potential there. Yeah, and they're just playing such good football as well and, and, and playing a style of football that we hope that Stephen Kenny will bring to the senior team as well. The next qualifier is actually at home to Italy, Shane, next month, the 10th of October, Thursday night in Tallis Stadium before their way to Iceland on the Tuesday. So that's their next two games in that. Shane, I asked Big McCarthy last night at the end of the press conference, I'm not sure if you saw the clip, and I just put up on my own account as well on Twitter to ask people if they saw any scenario where the Stephen Kenny Mick McCarthy succession plan could be kicked two years further on down the road because if it happens when it's meant to happen and the 21s make the Euros, Stephen Kenny won't be in charge. He won't even be in charge for the last couple of qualifiers and if the senior team make the Euros and make the playoffs or whatever as well, McCarthy will take that and then leave and just the fact that it's a new FAI board and clearly John Delaney won't be the one making the calls moving forward. I don't know and Stephen Kenny's contract will say and he has said himself that I have the job on, on X date. Can you see any scenario where things might be rolled on a couple of years, just given how well he started with the 21s and how well the senior team have gone in terms of results anyway? I can't really, to be honest with you. No, no. I think, um, look, Stephen will be delighted with how things are going and he will be fully, fully focused on on, on doing uh, on, on qualifying with the 21s and the whole lot. But, look, I, I, I can't see any scenario in which he would be willing to accept taking on the senior role at a later date. What What's going to happen with the 21s? I'm, I'm not 100% sure. Um, I assume they're... Look, it's not like they don't have enough notice that this is going to happen. So, like, it'd be crazy if there's not a succession plan in place already. We might know what the succession plan is, but I assume there is one. Um, and you'd, you'd hope that they'll have that fully nailed down and everybody knows exactly what's happening when it's time for Stephen to move on but can I see him staying um, beyond the date that he's due to take it up I can't really to be honest with you know yeah I would think as well if he does move up to the senior team or should I say when he does he might bring Keith Andrews and Jim Crawford his staff of the 21s with him Jim has worked for the FEI for years Keith's been a former international and, and then maybe someone like Tom Mullen the Irish 19s manager who's done so well could be someone who maybe moves up to the 21s but uh, just watching the 21s and the connection the players have with Stephen now I'm sure they would have that in the senior team too when they do move up with them, 
but it, it just to me seems that there, there, there might be a window but you're probably right and I think Stephen himself will probably say no I want a senior job when I'm meant to get it but just how things have happened I wouldn't be totally surprised if something was to move as well and Back to the League of Ireland, Shane, the EA Sports Cup final in the Brandywell on Saturday. I'm about to head off to the media day at the Abbottstown FAI HQ this afternoon and, and speak to managers and players from both teams. It's an 8 o'clock kickoff at the Brandywell and Derry, of course, the defending champions, having beaten Cove in the final last year and, and Dundalk, I suppose, online to win a treble and I'm sure Vinnie Perth and John Gill will name a strong team for this one and hopefully uh, a sellout Brandywell, which I think it will be, to, to cheer both teams on the game live on Air Sport as well. Yeah, I, I, I think it'll be. Um, I think it should be a cracker. I think you're going to have two sides, as you say, for for different reasons that are going to be 100 percent motivated. I don't think anybody's going to be seeing this as 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 a secondary competition in any way, shape, or form. I think Dundalk certainly will, as you say, have have eyes on, on that treble and see it as something that would make a real, real statement. Gary, on the other hand, I mean, they have a cup pedigree. That's for sure. In in, in this cup and in other cups. Becky himself has, has done very well in, in cup competitions, obviously, last time round and now again this time. Um, I won't say home advantage quite evens it up as being 50-50, but I, I do think it'll be a really, really tight game. It, I think it's a very, very hard one to call. It'll be interesting to see what sort of a, a crowd is at it. Um, you know, I think there's been kind of mixed reaction to the to the kickoff time um, sort of has from, from Dundalk fans, but... You know, I'd be very, very surprised if they don't bring a, a strong following up there with them at the same time. And obviously, Derry should should certainly have a very, very strong following there. In terms of the game itself, like, you know, if you were putting big stakes on it, you probably would still lean towards Dundalk. But like, I know it's an easy get-out, but there's, there's three results there that could potentially happen. I don't think it'd be a major. You couldn't call any of the three a surprise. It's, it's, it's going to be one of fine margins, you'd imagine. And Shane, apart from the time of the match, the venue, and it's something that has been in place for the EA Sports Cup, for years that it's a draw home or a, you know, a flip of a coin or I'm not sure yeah. exactly how they do it to decide who's at home and like I just don't understand why they wouldn't find a neutral venue now I, I, I know with the geography of Derry and Dundalk there probably isn't a, a ground possibly in the middle and would they both come to Dublin for it or whatever it might be but for one team to have home advantage number one and like last year Cove having to go to Derry for a final and I know Dundalk can go overnight and have all the resources but for me a cup final should be somewhere neutral Yeah I think the FAI's worry would be on the attendance um, I think they are looking at it and saying right it's not a competition that necessarily hugely catches the imagination um, but look if one team is at home well then, at least they're pretty much guaranteed their, you know, their usual home attendance or, or a slight increase on their usual home attendance. And then, right, let's see what the away team bring on to, on top of that. Whereas, if you went with a neutral uh, venue, you know, they might be looking and saying, right, well now you've got two teams, uh, neither of which are, are quite possibly going to bring a, a big travelling attendance. I say that's the logic behind it. I, I agree with you. It does seem. Very, very strange that a, a team can have a home advantage in in, in a cup final. Um, but I'd say I'd say that's what they're thinking, you know. Yeah, and really hopeful as well to that's a decent game and a good crowd too. And you would, as you said, Shane, be quite hard to call who's going to win that one. It's also hard to call Shane who's going to finish in third and fourth in the Premier Division. Bowes are currently third on forty nine. Derry are fourth on 47, but last weekend with Pat's beating Finn Harps and the other teams not in action, that was Pat's game in hand because the game last weekend was called off and Finn Harps because of the rain. That was passed up to 46, so just a point behind Derry and, and three behind Bowes. Six matches left. These teams have to meet each other again as well. An interesting finish in that race as well ahead. Yeah, I think this is brilliantly exciting. I think it really, really is because obviously you've got the unknown quantity thrown into it of whether fourth will or won't um, also be a qualifying spot. 
So it's 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 going to be really really going right down to the wire. I mean, as you say, they have to play each other, and you would imagine they are going to be the key fixtures in it. Um, just looking at it, I think if you look at those particular fixtures, it puts Derry in the driving seat as they're home to both sides. Um, Pat's on the other hand, I mean, Pat's was, you know. Stevie is, is really going to be looking to pick up as many points as he can over the next couple of weeks because their, their last three games are, are all against three teams in the in the top four at the moment. It's it's away to Derry, home to Bowes, and then they've come dark, unfortunately, in their in their final game. So I think they need to make a bit of ground now as soon as they can um, and, and possibly try and get ahead of the, the other two sides by the time they come into those three games. Um, but yeah, Bowes, look, Bowes, obviously, uh, the plus for Bowes is, well, one, they're, they're starting in pole position and two, they'll get two bites of the cherry. They could go and win the FAI Cup themselves, but like this is definitely one, I think, where you're going to be heading into the final round of games and any of the three sides could finish third, fourth or fifth, which is, will will be fantastic and, and still not knowing whether fourth will be good enough. Although, I suppose, if, 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 if the two sides are in the FAI Cup final by then, at least that'll be some fallback for them. Yeah, as well, because the EA Sports Cup final this weekend, Derry could actually find themselves out of the top four if St. Pat's win. It's a, it's a curtailed fixture list this weekend because of that final. So, Bowes against Waterford at 7.45 on Friday. Derry, Cork and Dundalk Rovers are both off. So, the other games are Pats against UCD at Richmond Park at 7.45 and Finn Harps uh, are travelling to Sligo. Uh, that game also on Friday at 8. So, for Derry, they could actually find themselves out of the top four at the weekend, but having a game in hand as well. And that brings us on, Shane, to the new managers in the league. Stephen O'Donnell as head coach with St. Pats and Magic Turner-Grodsky at UCD. He started so well with a win over Pats in Harry Kenny's last game, a game that Stephen O'Donnell was actually watching for Dundalk. And now Stevie will manage Pats against UCD this Friday. And, and since that cup win for, for the students, they've had a couple of heavy defeats against Dundalk lost in the FAI Cup to Sligo as well so two new managers to meet at Richmond Park on Friday Yeah look I mean in, in Magic's case you know yeah, obviously a fantastic absolutely fantastic result first day out but you're looking at right what were his expectations for the remainder of the season you know they're, they're realistically there wasn't a whole lot he could do about the, the situation that they found themselves in in the league um, and I suppose from his point of view it's, it's just trying to have a case of uh, it's going to be a case of looking at what he's got um, weighing up both the quality and the mentality of the players that are in his dressing room um, you would assume it's his gig again next year so he, he, you know that's what he's got to do see right, what have I got who am I interested in keeping where are big shortfalls who do I want to who do I want to keep who do I want to get rid of all of that kind of stuff Stevie's is a, a very very different scenario there's, there's there's, there's a hell of a lot for him to, to fight for between now and the end of the season as we've, we've just talked about um, off to a very very good start that, that certainly was a very very good three points for him to, to pick up um, and they'll obviously look they'll be, they'll be big big favourites this weekend and he would be expecting to pick up another three points there which would, would put them in a super position I mean when you think about it, like you're looking at Jamie and just Going back to what we were talking about, you're looking at like what a fantastic season Bohemians have had yet again. They're currently sitting third. They're in the FAI Cup final, and yet, like it's not beyond the realms of possibility that come the end of the season they mightn't have qualified for Europe. Um, and that's that's got to be kind of Stevie's aim is is to try and reel them in over the next while. And you would imagine pick up those three points this weekend, and that that would be a step in the right direction for that. 
Yeah, we've spoken about the race for Europe, Shane, and UCD, of course, are in the race to try and stay in the Premier Division, and they're bottom of the table. There's six games left for them as well, along with Finn Harps, who are second bottom. UCD earned 17 points, a goal difference of minus 49. They've conceded 70 goals. Now, that's have a couple of heavy defeats recently, but uh, not the best defensive record for UCD. So Harps are six ahead of them with a, a vastly better goal difference, so effectively seven ahead of them as well. And then Cork, seven ahead of Harps, and Waterford, eight ahead of Harps. So there's a little bit of a, a race there between Harps to catch a teams above them and UCD to catch Harps as well and I'm just looking at UCD's remaining six fixtures Shane so they have Pats this weekend but they still have to play Sligo, Finn Harps, Cork and Waterford who are teams in the bottom half of the table not exactly in fantastic form so will there be any hope for UCD to catch Harps and I know if you listen to Ollie Horgan he'll tell you they're definitely going to finish ninth but if they picked up a couple of points along the way Cork are looking over their shoulders given that they've lost three in a row under Neil Fenn and look to be really struggling. No, I'd be reluctant to hype this one up too much, Jamie. To be honest with you, I think I think our uh, I think the remainder of our season in terms of of, of the league is, is going to be that European race, and then obviously the promotion relegation scenario. I I would be amazed if if UCD don't finish bottom of the table and Finn Harps finish second from bottom. Um, I think trying to make up that amount of a points difference if you're up the top and are winning games week in week out is hard enough to. But for teams who who aren't. You, you know, used to winning week in, week out, trying to gobble, trying to, to make up that much of a points difference is, is next to near impossible. I, I would be amazed if, if, if either side don't finish in the positions that they're in at the moment. I think Ollie will certainly at the moment have one eye on, on right. We are more than likely going to find ourselves in a promotion playoff and, and be gearing towards the relegation promotion playoff and be gearing towards what, what's required to try and win that at the moment. Yeah, and I said last week as well, I think Finn Harps, if they do finish ninth, will beat either Longford or Drada or Cabinteely in that playoff. If it was Shells, it'd be interested to see as well, but uh, that's our, our final one we're going to finish on, Chamber. We're going to hear from uh, Chris Lyons and Ryan Brennan in just a second, but a fantastic first division title race could finish this Friday. Sold out United Park. We'll go through all the permutations in a moment with Chris and Ryan, but Shells and Drada, a three-point difference in the league. Drada's goal difference is better. Shells, three ahead. And what a game in store. A nervy night for both managers, I'm sure you've experienced of trying to get promoted from the first division. And uh, at the business end, I'm sure things can get quite nervy for everybody and you just want that final whistle to blow and your team to be the ones who've, who've picked up the points. Yeah, I mean, as, as title deciders go, I know it's not quite the last day of the season for them, but this is, this is a cracker. Um, thankfully, I didn't have to myself through that our, our year that we, we did it we had one with, with with three games left to go but this this is about as, as exciting as it gets um, and in fairness looking at the at the two managers uh, I suppose just touching on Ian first look I know he was everybody's favourite but obviously look I, I've been in his shoes um, so I have he, he put together a, a really really good squad um, and they've done very, very well. They've done very, very well. Uh, they were never going to just cakewalk in the way that some people were talking. Um, and if he gets them up in his, his first year as a manager, he's, he's done a brilliant job, regardless of, of what kind of budget or what quality of players he had to work with. If he can get them over the line as his first gig, it's, it's, it's a fantastic introduction to, to, to League of Ireland management. Um, it, uh, all that praise said, I, I think I think what Tim's done is even more remarkable. <laughs> I think I know he's finally starting to get the praise he deserves, but I, I still don't think it's anywhere. I don't. I still don't think enough praise has been heaped on him. Um, to do it, to do it once for one season, as he did last year, um, and massively overachieved based on on budget was one thing. But to do it two years in a row and go even a step further this year is is just remarkable. Um, and I, I should throw Kevin alongside that as well. I mean. We've talked about before. I think even spoke with you before about about the importance of a number two. And you keep looking at, at Bowes and, and Trev. I think I think 
Kevin is Kevin Doherty is is absolutely the uh, um, Trevor Crawley to to um, to keep long in in for 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 him and I think they're, they're, they've done a fantastic job, absolutely phenomenal job. And if they go and get that result and and, and win it, it's, it's 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 a tremendous achievement on their behalf. And you know what, they'll they'll be so so confident that they can do it. They will not be fearing shells in any way, shape, or form, home venue and. Um, I think they will. I think they will. I think they could do it. Um, and just as I say, I don't. I don't think uh, supporters can be uh, run out of in terms of the job they've done. Off the balls, League of Ireland podcast.